it's time for the guy who always gets you to the ball game on time. And here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff you need to know. Hey, what's a happening? Look a here, look a here. You have made it to Friday, and if that wasn't the most annoying intro to this show ever, it's close. <laughs> I'll admit it. I will admit it's close to the most annoying. But hey, look, it's a free for all Friday. I'm here with you in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes. That's your local Farm Bureau Insurance. Agents. I'm Matt. Beaver is here. More on him in just a bit. You are here. Thank goodness you're here. Therefore, there's a reason for us to be here. We got ourselves a radio show here on this Friday. Today, I have had no confusion as to what day it is. I was a day early yesterday, all day, yes, well, all morning yesterday morning. I thought it was Friday and it wasn't, but today is Friday. And I'm decked out in my Tupelo Golden Wave blue shirt. <laughs> Now, it's not, it's just blue, okay? And I had Tupelo on my mind because we had a uh, booster banquet for the football team last night. They got the Jamboree tonight. Going to go over the entire Jamboree football schedule. I am looking forward to that so the games don't count. But, hey, look, it's real tackle football against somebody else in another jersey. So uh, excited about that. I've also got on my brand-new handy-dandy hat with sort of the subtle camo with a really cool Natchez Trace Parkway logo on the front of it that was given to me by some friends that y'all are going to learn about in the future. And some fine folks at Murray West, um, an unbelievable company, uh, embroidery and printing company in uh, a great town in Mississippi, New Albany, one of the more hidden gems, I would say. Anybody that knows about New Albany, you know what I'm talking about. So more on them in a bit. Got my hat on. It fits. Feel good. It's the right temperature in the bureau. And all I need, all I need to kick this show off right is really one more thing. On a Friday where we are now one week away from some real live college football, we're in week two, three, whatever it is, NFL preseason. But we're going to have week two of the high school football season for private schools. And we're going to have week uh, jamboree. All across the state of Mississippi, firing it up for jamborees on high school football. I only need one more thing to set the mood right, and it's a reminder from something Sven asked for yesterday. I need the right music. And it just happens to come from the JSU Sonic Boom. Here you go. Let it rip. Roll your windows down, Jackson. Turn it up to 11 and turn some heads. Here we go. Now you can text the show, you can call the show, you can comment on the live thread, type it in. Hit submit. It'll all be on the show. We're live. Text me. Call me. Big finish. Now, that's how you get it started right there. And now, if your fire isn't started, your wood's wet. If your fire isn't lit, <laughs> your wood's wet. Sven said, boom. 
There you go. I agree with you. All right. So your comments coming up, uh, Will and Matthew and Sven and others, on the uh, live comments thread that's coming up. Uh, get your texts in here. Here's a number. If you're listening right now, you can't see it. The number to text the show is 885-3776, a 601 number, 885-3776. Another way to remember it, it's easy, 885-ESPN. Just text that number. Now, don't text if you're driving. That's dangerous. But otherwise, that's a way to be a part of the show. It's like grabbing a chair, pulling up the table, plop down with us, jump into conversation. I'll even pour you some hot coffee in your mug from High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. You can call me. That way I get to hear your voice, which would be great. Call me on the Divini Equipment phone line. Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. The oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., in fact, means they've been doing it better, longer than anyone else right here at home at Divini. So call me at this number, 995-1059, 601 number, 995-1059. It's a free-for-all Friday. Anything goes. Come to your comments and your texts. In just a sec. First. Hey, B. Hey, Matt White. Two things with you. First up, the clock on the wall. What's going on with the clock on the wall? The clock on the wall, as Res Dog made a fantastic reference the other day, has been stuck at three for days. <laughs> so, told you the other day how... Let's get rid of these analog clocks yeah. with the, you know, the second hand, the tick, tick, tick. <laughs> I mean, That gives me bad flashbacks to, like, elementary school. But, yeah, so we had that analog clock in here ticking away, and yeah. I guess it was, yeah. it was past Monday. I think it was this week. It was Monday, the beginning of the week. And Uncle Bill came in here, and... He, out of his mouth, out of his brain, his idea, he said, yeah, I guess we really don't need that. He, he took it down. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I walk in today, five days later, and he's put it back. <laughs> Why did you yourself express, we don't need that, let's take it out of here, and then five days later put it back? Put it back. I, I can't figure this out either. And now I'm not in on it like you are. I'm just hearing it from a distance. But what... It, the the possibilities have to be something like this, Beaver. Either A, Bill was going to replace it with something else and then didn't have that something else, like a digital clock or something. Or somebody said to Bill, hey, just put it back. <laughs> just because Beaver doesn't like it, doesn't mean you have to remove it. Just put it back. You see what I mean? Okay. Like That's the only two logical possibilities why Bill would remove the clock and then you look, and mysteriously, it's back on the wall in the same place, right? Yeah, but here's the thing. Nobody else comes in here. The only people that are ever in here are sometimes, you know, if if the morning show does a, they're on remote somewhere, that producer has to come in here. But that's that's rare. The, the only other people that are ever in here are me, Jake, Rob J. Yeah. And his team. And that's it. That's it. But here's the thing. I'm the only person who sits in this chair facing the clock. Uh -huh. So no one else, there, <laughs> that, that option doesn't work. No one else would have said, put it back. Let's, let's, we need that clock back. I'm going to go with this. 
Bill was going to get something to replace it, either a new clock or a digital clock, and that that didn't materialize. And Bill, instead of look, just throwing it away, said, ah, I'll just put it back. <laughs> so that's my theory. Okay. Mm. The other thing, and listen, y'all, if you're watching the live stream and you see the title of the live stream, which says, A Bear Bryant Story from Rick Cleveland, it's coming. Okay. But I got to cover this too first, real quick. The other thing is, Beaver, you and I both noticed at about the same time. We got here today uh, into the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio that on the text line, the country-pleasing text line, there was only one text on there that was new since yesterday. And it came in at 2.55 (laughs) a.m. Now, the text that came to us on the text line at 2.55 a.m. said, Mark's averaged 5.2 yards a carry last year, so now defense is going to be looking for the run more, and he probably will average less than four this season. The air raid was the best offense for the talent at MSU that's ever been. That text at 2.55 a.m. Now, I won't, it has a name with it. I won't say who it was. Beaver, any theories as to why we got that text at 2.55 a.m.? No. Honestly, <laughs> I can't even... I can't even make up a scenario <laughs> why that would have happened at 2.55 in the a.m. Yeah, I, I don't either. But let me just say, okay, if we're giving benefit of the doubt and we're, and we're saying it's not something nefarious that led you to text that at 2.55 a.m., then hats off to you, sir. Hats off to you. Somebody in listener land, y'all, listen. Because we have the proof right in front of us. Here it is, black and white, right in front of me. Somebody at 2.55 a.m. is so ready for football that they text a radio show about the yardage that Jaquavius Marks averaged per carry last year. Five minutes shy of 3 a.m. That's what I'm talking about. 100 grand Texas show and enjoyed hearing a little sonic boom. Needed it today. Uh, My man Blitz is at the butcher shop at Country Meat Packers on Highway 49 in Florence, Mississippi where they got a big red hog on the building and sitting out by the road. It says Country Meat Packers, home, home of country-pleasing sausage. <laughs> Jables, Texas Show said happy Friday. Uh, they have the, the upcoming college football classic scramble golf tournament going on at Live Oaks later this month in another, about another week or so. And so you're going to hear about that all next week. And by the way, if you want to be a part of a really cool sort of kind of football-related Golf Scramble is a really fun event. Check it out there. Go to Live Oaks, and JB and the folks can answer your questions out there. Jason said, boogity, boogity, boogity. Daryl Walter. Let's go racing, boys. I remember that. I remember it. Jake from Yazoo told me on the text line that uh, he said, Matt Wyatt in the house. Headed up north Sunday. Great city of Fulton, Mississippi. Happy Friday, gents. Fulton, the home of a PGA Tour winner and an LPGA Tour winner within the last five years. Home to Fulton, Mississippi. How cool is that? All right. Here it is. Look at the uh, comments there. The live comments thread on the live stream on YouTube. Sven says, Coach Bryant, to be Bear Bryant, one of the all-time greats. Can't wait to hear what Rick has to offer. All right, y'all. Here it is. Here's a setup for you. Last night, here in my hometown of Tupelo, Rick Cleveland was the featured guest at the Tupelo High School Football Boosters you know, preseason kickoff banquet. It had a big catfish fry, and Rick was there. He's got a new book that's out. 
Uh, yesterday's the first time anybody heard about it. They're beginning to promote the book. I will tell you about that. But in the course of the conversations, he told a story. Well, I had a chance to catch up with him this morning. Uh, Rick was staying over at Hotel Tupelo downtown on Main Street, and we looked. I went and met him. We talked about the book, and 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 I said, "You got to tell me this story again." And so we trying to find a quiet place. We wound up in the gym. You know how two, uh, hotels have gyms, little workout room. Well, we went in the workout room. Nobody else was in there. So you got weights and machines and treadmills and stuff. We were sitting there, and I'm, you know, recording an interview with Rick on my phone. So I'm going to start you with this. Rick Cleveland taking us all the way back to when he was 17 years old and his first job as a sports writer in Hattiesburg, and it sent him to go interview Bear Bryant, the one and only Bear Bryant. Listen to this story from Rick Cleveland. A member of the audience at the football banquet for Tupelo High School had a question for you, and I think the way he worded the question was, who's the most intriguing or interesting, interesting coach. Uh, coach you'd ever covered? And that... I could see the wheels turning as you were getting ready to answer it. Tell our listeners kind of how you answered that question. Well, Matt, when I was 17 years old, I was working for the Hattiesburg American and covering Southern, and they were about to play Alabama. And uh, it was a week after Bear Bryant had unveiled the wishbone offense and gone to Southern Cal and the Los Angeles Coliseum and stunned the mighty Southern Cal Trojans on national TV to become the number one team in the country. And the Hattiesburg Americans sent me over there on the Tuesday before they were about to play Southern uh, to do a big piece on Bear Bryant. And so I went headed over to Tuscaloosa for his weekly press conference on Tuesday. I had just bought myself, I had earned enough money to buy a brand new Ford Pinto, <laughs> which has to be still the worst automobile in, in automobile history. <laughs> but I got just the other side of Meridian and had a flat tire, uh, back left tire, I'll never forget it. Uh, it's 100 degrees on the asphalt and one of the lug nuts wouldn't come loose. So it took me a while to change the tire. I got you know, I've sweated through my clothes and got grease all over me, and I'm 30 minutes late getting to Bear Bryant's press conference. It's over when I get there. I go in, find the SID, who was good friends with my daddy, Charlie Thornton, who was the sports publicist at, at Alabama, and I said, Charlie, if, they, if I don't talk to Bear Bryant, they, they may fire me. And I, I didn't really think that, but 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 it sounded good at the time. He said, let me see what I'm doing. He walked back down the hall, came back and said, I got great news for you. You got Bear Bryant by yourself at his desk. So he takes me back down to the office. I go in the office and there's like trophies everywhere. And his desk is as big as an end zone. And he's got his socked feet propped up on the desk. And he's got a box of ribs and he's eating his lunch. He's eating barbecue ribs. I walk in, he said, how you doing, son? And I said, I'm fine, coach. I've had a little car trouble. He said, that's what I heard. And he pushed his box of ribs over to me and said, have a rib. I said, coach, look at me. I can't can't eat ribs right now. And he said, well, then let's get to it. What you got? I'll just eat and and you ask me questions. And, 
And Matt, I opened my mouth to ask him a question and nothing came out. <laughs> Was it nervousness or? I choked. I just, you know, like a, missed a three foot putt, two foot putt, maybe a one foot putt, maybe a gimme. <laughs> anyway, I choked and nothing came out. And he, 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 he uh, sat there for a minute, it was a really pregnant pause and lips, his lips curled. And he started, he started laughing. He said, oh, shit, son. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, it just instantly brought me back. Yeah. And I, we had a great 30 minute interview. Then he said, you got to go back to Hattiesburg now? And I said, no, sir, I got some time. He said, well, come on to practice with me. We, the, I rode shotgun with him in his golf cart out to practice right up to the tower. He took me up on his famous coaching tower and uh, I watched practice with him for a while. And then I said, coach, I do have to go. And he said, well, give me your notebook. And he wrote down the name of a guy he knew at a tire store and told him, go, go see him before you go back because you, you need a spare. I went there and the guy said, well, this tire's just not going to work. You know, I can't fix this tire. I'm going to get you a new one. I said, well, how much is it going to be? He said, if Coach Bryant sent you, it ain't going to be anything. How about that? <laughs> so they put a me a new tire, put me on the road. <laughs> and anytime people ask me now who my favorite coach is, this is what, how many years after? This is 40 years yeah. after he's dead. My answer is Bear Bryant. How about that? Yeah. What a story. How did those other media members feel? Oh, those old grizzled Alabama riders who had been with him for 20 years looked up there and said, who is that? Who is that kid? That <laughs> was on the tower covered in grease. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it, was a, it was a memory I'll never, ever forget. And, and every time I was ever around him after that, which he lived, he probably lived another 10, 11 years, coached another 10 or 11 years. Uh, every time I was around him, he was just as cordial as he could be. Heck of a story. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think about that? What's your reaction to that? Uh, let me know. Text me, comment on the live stream. You can call. Uh, I, I will say that, you know, there was one thing that hit me. At the end of that event last night in Tupelo, he, when he first told that story, I had never heard it before, and I was kind of fascinated with it. Uh, someone walked up and they said, you know, it's a great story. And he goes, it kind of hits me how old we might all be for those of us who that resonates with. He said, because I looked over at the table of some of the Tupelo high school football players, it was the seniors and stuff. He said, and I thought, you know, there's probably a bunch of them that have no idea who Bear Bryant is. Do you think that's true? Do, do you think it's true that we got a whole generation of maybe even high school kids right now that really don't even know who Bear Bryant is. Uh, what about that? Steve commented on Facebook and he says, holy crap. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, think about that. He's a 17-year-old kid. Now, he did say that the, the sports information director at Alabama was friends with his father, Rick's father, who was, you know, highly thought of and the journalism world and at Southern Miss and this is a game of so there was a connection there but I mean at 17 to have Bear Bryant invite you in 
give you one-on-one, offer you some of his lunch, okay, then break the ice by <laughs> using some colorful language after Rick froze and couldn't ask a question, and then let him go to practice and go up the tower with him, and then send him to the tire shop and get a new tire. That's just an incredible story. And, you know, the thing that I've, you know, learned in being around Rick some, and there's a lot of other people, too, of that generation where there's so many stories packed away in there that they can't just give them all to you. you got to ask a question. Something's got to – and last night at that uh, football kickoff banquet in Tupelo, it's a guy named Jay Ware. Jay uh, – Actually, you know, from Tupelo, went to Ole Miss. Uh, great guy, great family. Jay's son, Jake, is the backup one of the backup quarterbacks at Mississippi State right now. But Jay raised his hand and asked that question. He said, hey, Rick, you're, you're most interesting and um, fun coach to follow. Who would that be? And that was – and Rick told that, that uh, story. Sitting in Bear Bryant's office at 17 years old. Got there late because he broke down, had a tire went flat on him. He couldn't get the lug nut off. He's covered in sweat, got grease and gunk all over him. And he's sitting in Bear Bryant's office, and he offers him a rib, turns it down. And then when he opens his mouth to ask a question, he just couldn't get anything out. <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy that. <clears throat> hey, and a little bit more from Rick. He's got a book out. It's out as of yesterday. It's called The Mississippi Football Book. Real quick, I'll tell you about that when we come back. You're going to find that interesting, too. Your text, your comments, all of that coming up. We're just getting started on this Friday. Stay with me. Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think. All right, back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau. Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. I got a text from uh, Tyga. And he said, man, what a great story. If you're just tuning in, we had a story I I played here of uh, Rick Cleveland the Hall of Fame sports writer we have here in the state of Mississippi. He's got a new book out. I'm going to tell you about that. But he told a story last night about an interaction he had with uh, Bear Bryant. When he was 17 years old, he goes to Alabama to cover it, gets to go up to the top of the tower with him. And uh, it's just an incredible story. Uh, part of it involved Bear Bryant was eating lunch and offered him some ribs. He was eating ribs, and Rick didn't take it. And uh, – Possum in a gum bush texted the show and said, you got to snatch up a rib and suck that joker to the bone, Rick. Awesome story. Somebody else, I think it was uh, 100 grand, he commented. He said, I would have had to gotten one of those ribs. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, 100 grand said, the bear sounds like a great guy. Every story I've heard on the radio sounds like he loved everyone, no matter skin color or who you rooted for, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona, texted the show, and he said, what I appreciate more than anything about guys like Rick Cleveland, especially these days, is they put something on paper, it was the truth. He said, if they put something on paper, it was the truth. Not rumor, innuendo, hopes, disappointment, or personal opinions. Otherwise, you could take it to the bank. 
Yeah, that's the old way of doing it. Uh, MSU 1980 Texas show. And he says, Matt, no doubt the bear was a classy man, but we also have one around today in Rick Cleveland. He's such a knowledgeable person about Mississippi sports and a real man of character. We have been blessed to have had him covering Mississippi sports. I think you're, you're uh, right about that. And on that note, MSU 1980, I'll play it for you now. Um, a couple of, just a quick couple of questions when I was with Rick this morning. Uh, he's on a book tour. Okay, and it actually started yesterday, continues today and tomorrow. Uh, it's just basically the unveiling, yesterday, today, tomorrow, of this book. It's a really neat thing. I saw it last night. It's a big, nice coffee table type book, incredible photos and stuff. And it's called The Mississippi Football Book. It's like a historical just sort of um, recording of like going way back, some stories in there we hadn't heard. It's a really neat thing. Okay, and he wrote it along with a guy from Oxford. Um, that, that's with a publishing company there, and it's really good. So here's a little bit about the book. And, and again, as far as getting your hands on it, yesterday I think was the, well, really last night at that thing, and it was the first time that any of those things were sold, and it kind of kicks off this weekend. Here's Rick Cleveland. Rick Cleveland, three, two. So the first, uh, this is not the first book that you've been a part of writing, the fourth, the fifth, so yeah. four prior to this one. Yeah, I did, uh, you know, a long time ago, the Clarence Ledger did a collection of my columns, and I basically just wrote a forward to that. But, And then I've done, uh, my favorite book that I've done until this one was the Boo Fairs book. Uh, uh, God, just such an important part of my life, Boo Fairs was, and to be able to do his biography is uh, probably the highlight of my career. And then I did a book on Johnny Vaught. And then I did that book for the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame called uh, Mississippi's Greatest Athletes. And now this one, which is, has the most simple name of any book ever, the yeah. Mississippi Football Book. Yeah, I was looking at the title there, the Mississippi Football Book. And so it, it it's sort of obvious, you know, what's there. But if you went further and it kind of told us what is sort of in the meat of the book and kind of how it goes through the history of Mississippi football. How would you describe it? Well, it's the greatest players, the greatest games, the greatest coaches, um, the greatest teams in Mississippi football history are highlighted in it. And uh, Matt, it's not a Mississippi State book. It's not an Ole Miss book. It's not a Southern book. Uh, it's all of it, and it's. Uh, and it's not just college football, it's high school football, junior college football, college football, and professional football. And, uh, you know, I've been doing this for 57 years, so I've lived a lot of it. I hadn't lived it all the way back to the very first games, which we do cover in the book. But uh, uh, it's, been a, it's really been a labor of love for me. Yeah. Tell us about sort of the background of some of the people that helped you know, put this together and publish it. I know you had a guest with you here last night. Well, Neil, Neil White from from uh, Nautilus Publishing co-authored the book. He he he. I wrote most of the book. He wrote he wrote a, a lot of it, uh, but he is the guy that put it together and uh, laid it out, gathered all the the amazing photos that are in it, and. Uh, uh, and then published it. So uh, Neil, 
Neil was great. And then, of course, all the sports information directors at the schools around the state. And uh, we did a lot of going back through uh, library archives and stuff together, you know, a lot of it. Yeah. Um, um, so, and I guess bookstores, I know, for instance, uh, the tour has begun here in Tupelo. You were here last night at the uh, Tupelo banquet and a guest there and told some stories and then signing books and going to Kiwanis clubs. I guess now the tour begins to promote the book, right? That's right. And uh, I got the Kiwanis club today and then uh, the Mississippi Book Festival tomorrow. Yeah, I'm... Uh, my panel uh, on this book is opposite of Mike Pence. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. How about that? And that, it'll be interesting to see if anybody comes to the football book. <laughs> well, I might look at it the other way around, you know, in our neck of the woods. I think the football book get plenty of attention. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It's gonna be, it is going to be interesting, and it's also going to be hot. So that was a little bit of the conversation. The Mississippi football book, you hear some background, you'll start to see and hear more about it. And uh, if you get a chance to go to one of those deals where they're selling it and you get book signings, that would be a neat thing to get Rick's signature on there. I saw the book last night. I was holding it looking at the cover. And uh, I, I might be able to remember, there are several photos of individual football players on the front of this uh thing uh, of this book on the cover and at this event last night i was in seeing it and rick there and we had a crowd you know and there's lots of folks that i look up to former coaches and stuff and i said look i, I here's who's on the cover and I, I can name all of them except one okay there was let's see if i get this right there was dak prescott was up in one corner and archie manning was on it jerry rice is on the cover uh, Walter Payton, Steve McNair. Okay, and then there was one guy over here on the side of the cover from long ago in a Chargers, uh, a San Diego Chargers uniform, and you know, and had a bar across the front. And I went, I know everybody else on this cover, but I, my eyes aren't good enough to read the name on the back of the jersey. I don't know who this is. And a lot of the folks in the crowd were almost offended that I didn't know that it was Lance Allworth. Okay? And so, and then Rick goes, yeah, I mean, Lance Allworth. And he started telling stories about him. And he said, basically, he was the GOAT receiver before Jerry Rice became the GOAT receiver. I said, so you mean we, as far as receivers in the NFL go, Mississippi claims both of them, the GOAT before Gary, Jerry Rice and Jerry Rice. We get them both. And he said, that's right. Now, Will was asking, I don't remember, Will. I don't know if Favre was on the cover or not. I, I don't. Oh, i tell you who else was on the cover. It was Ray Guy. That's the one I didn't get. So, on the, so now I got it. I saw the cover last night. <clears throat> and so the individuals on the cover were, and I can almost see where they were. That's my memory is only photos, and I can't remember words, names, numbers, but I can remember photos. And so in this order, it was Jerry Rice, top left, Dak Prescott, top right. Bottom right, you had Archie Manning. Bottom middle, you had Steve McNair. Bottom left, you had Ray Guy. And just above Ray Guy, you had Lance Allworth, all on the cover. Uh, and, 
and of course, I mean, that's just the cover, but the Lance Allworth deal. Yes, Mark, okay, commented on the YouTube uh, live thread. He said Bambi. That's right. His nickname was Bambi. Rick told that story last night. Lance Allworth's nickname was Bambi. But I thought, you know, okay, even me, I recognize the state of Mississippi as, you know, one of the things that we claim with a lot of pride is all these greatest of all time football players. And I've made the argument before that people can say what they want, whether they're young or old. But in reality, anybody that's been around a while, they don't even argue with the fact that Jerry Rice is the greatest receiver of all time. But what I didn't know <laughs> is that a lot of people felt like before Jerry Rice came along, Mississippi still claimed the greatest receiver of all time. It's just before Jerry Rice, it was Lance Allworth who had the nickname Bambi because of the way he ran like a deer. Uh, it's pretty neat. Now, somebody, Possum in a Gumbush said, where can we order the book? Um, I'll get you some info on that. My buddy JB. Y'all remember JB? Um, he may have sent me some info there. I want to check and see. I, as far as, you know, you can look it up if you want to just Google it. Rick Cleveland, Miss, uh, the Mississippi football book. I get the Mississippi Book Festival this weekend. Uh, when I get a hold of some info where you can order it, I will pass that along. How about that? Some of your stories, your comments, all coming up. And we're going to take a look at high school football. Jamborees around the state got a whole schedule thanks to our man Chris Brooks and all those folks at Capital Sports MS. And on and on it goes. So stick around for that here in the Bureau. We'll be right back. It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Matt Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. On his own, 105.9 and worldwide. All right. Back with you. That would, Mark, that would actually be a fun question, wouldn't it? You know, and, you know, Rick... uh, Cleveland, that's one thing, too. You don't have a Hall of Fame career if you, you know, as a in sports writing like that, if you are always going around and making a lot of enemies, you know. So it's really a fine line of calling it like it is but doing things kind of in the right way, in a respectful way. Um, so he hasn't answered a lot of questions like this where it would, put you know necessarily one athlete over another but he i'm sure he would have an interesting answer mark said uh, i'd like to ask rick who was the better college quarterback reggie collier or john bond kind of the same era did they were they i guess uh, without looking it up i don't know if they're exactly the same age but cody commented on youtube on the live stream on the live comments thread he said ask or tell Matt, or, um, please bring back the weekly quarterback film studies and breakdowns. Working on it, Cody. We just need some games to start happening, right? All this preview stuff. Cody says that Mississippi can't claim Dak that he is from Louisiana. 
<laughs> what do you think about that? Uh, J-Rock commented on the Country Please and text line, Country Please and Sausage on grocery store shelves all around the Southeast. The best sausage, hands down. J-Rock says, didn't Lance Allworth not go to Ole Miss because he was married? And Coach Vaught had a rule about being married, so he went to Arkansas, and I believe that is true. Paul commented on that. Uh, he texted and said, uh, John Vaught wouldn't allow married players on his team at Ole Miss. Frank Broyles did at Arkansas. And that's why Brookhaven, Mississippi kid became one of the most celebrated Razorbacks ever. How about that? It's just the way it is. Just the way it is. All right. Um, let's look at this schedule. A little high school football for you going on tonight. And uh, you can attend when and if you're able, or you can watch a live stream somewhere, catch a high school radio broadcast, depending on who's carrying what. We're, I guess, a week away. One more week. We're not only going to have the beginning of some real college games, but we're also going to have you know, sure enough, full bore high school season across the entire state for everybody going on. Tonight is Jamboree night for all the public schools, uh, public school teams, and it'll be week two of the season for private school teams here in Mississippi. Last night on Thursday night, Starkville Academy played Escambia Academy out of Alabama. I thought Escambia, uh, Escambia, I guess Escambia High School down there in Pensacola, that's where, like, my college roommate, Kevin Sluter, went, but it's also where Emmett Smith went to school. That'd be a public school, Scambia High School. But I didn't know there wasn't a Scambia Academy in Alabama. Um, but I said they were going to play that one last night, but I don't, I don't know about scores or whatever. I'd have to look it up. But tonight, okay, so here's your schedule tonight. Some of the games, not all of them, but some of the games around the state at the MAIS level tonight. St. Al's going to host Adams Christian over in Vicksburg. All right. Brookhaven Academy is at Hartfield. Looks like that'll be Brookhaven Academy's first game, and Hartfield's 1-0 after a shutout win last week at Hillcrest. Yep, that does appear to be the case. Canton Academy hosting Carroll Academy. You got Central Hines scheduled to host Cathedral uh, tonight. Greenville St. Joe hosting Clinton Christian tonight up in Greenville. Columbia Academy goes to PCS tonight. Prep is going to host Kapaya Academy. So Kapaya Academy at Prep. You get Madison St. Joe hosting Delta Streets. Um, East Rankin is at Oak Forest, Louisiana. Make a little road trip right there tonight. Should be nice and warm in Louisiana tonight. <laughs> For sure. Uh, Sharky Aquinas hosting Hebron. Hillcrest trying to bounce back on the road at Wilkinson Christian. All right, J.A. is at Leak. Okay, fire it up. Looks like that'll be Leak's first ball game this year. Leak hosting J.A. tonight. That's the way it looks on this schedule. I'm looking this up, by the way, at CapitalSportsMS.com. They do a really good job with all this. You get uh, Kirk Academy and Grenada going to Manchester. Lee is at Pillow. Lee Academy at Pillow. All right. MRA hosting Mag Heights, Magnolia Heights. So that's a that's a Northwest coming southeast. Play a game here tonight. Uh, let me go quickly. You get Marshall at Greenville Christian. This is MAIS, MAIS games. 
Oak Hill and West Point goes to Central Homes uh, tonight. You've got Tri-County hosting Simpson. And let me see if I... Let's see. Winston is at Heritage. That'd be Winston's first game, and this would be Heritage. Um, second game, yeah, because they're 0-1 after losing last week. Okay, so that's a little bit of a look at the MAIS schedule. All right, so MHSAA Jamboree. Here's the Jamboree schedule. You had some, looks like last night, Brookhaven, Mendenhall. Wayne County had Harrison Central. You had Newton hosting Philadelphia. That was all last night. So Jamborees on this schedule for tonight. All right, uh, Crystal Springs hosting a mitt. You've got uh, Brandon going to West Point. So that's a little trip for a Jamboree right there for sure. You get uh, Southeast Lauderdale's hosting Ethel. You get Forest Hill at Yazoo County. On the coast, it's Biloxi hosting Gaucher. These are all jamborees. You get Gulfport at Oak Grove. That's a little nice little jamboree. Kind of whet everybody's appetite there. For sure, Jim Hill is at Wingfield. They're going to play that at South Jackson Field tonight, that jamboree. You will have, scrolling, scrolling, Germantown hosting Lawrence County tonight in the jamboree. You will get Madison Central at Pearl. And... By the way, I did notice the the text we got earlier, where uh, some of the some of the somebody blamed Jake Wimberly for putting the clock back on the wall mysteriously in the studio, and the reasoning was, you know how those Brandon folks are; they can't tell time, need all the help they can get, and then what was it? Eat dirt, Brandon. I think we got. <laughs> all right. Um, so that's already started, I guess is what I'm saying. That that deal is already going. Warren Central's got North Pike for a jamboree tonight. You'll have Northwest Rankin at Neshoba Central. You have, hold tight, scrolling, scrolling, hold on. Well, check it out. The place I grew up, Russellville, Alabama, is at Itawamba AHS for a jamboree tonight. How about that? The Golden Tigers of Russell. That's not far. It's not far across the I mean, it's probably not even, it may not even be an hour's drive from Fulton, Mississippi to Russellville, Alabama, up there in northwest Alabama. That's your jamboree there. And you've also, you know, some of these, it looks to me like you've got some places that are going to have several teams in one location, kind of like we had last week and over the last couple of weeks, different uh Different deal where you have like a round robin type of deal where you go to one site but have more than two teams. For example, it looks like like at Louisville, four o'clock it's Choctaw County versus Kemper County. At five thirty it's Holmes County versus Callaway, and then at seven thirty tonight it's Louisville versus Gentry. You see what I mean? So one place, several little jamborees going on at once. Um, as far as any of those around here, yeah, let's see at Pedal. West Jones, Meridian at 5.30, and then you got Pedal and Ridgeland at 6.45. So four different teams, two little jamboree games, maybe a half each is what it what it looks like. I mentioned Tupelo Amory. By the way, uh, I don't know if y'all knew this. You know, Amory had the tornado damage uh, a while back, back into last year, or back into the spring, I mean. 
and uh, wiped everything out. Uh, baseball facilities, football took major damage, all this. So still lots of work going on to recover from that tornado at Amory High School. That's in North Mississippi in Monroe County. Well, last I heard, I still believe it's the case, Amory is actually going to come over and play their home games at Tupelo High School this year on that blue turf. Um, and Tupelo making it happen and working with the schedule and doing a Thursday-Friday thing when they need to. And those two are actually going to play each other in a jamboree there today at 5. And then after that, at Tupelo, you get Caledonia and Kossuth in there, there also. So you do have some of those uh, going on around the state. At any rate, you get a full schedule of that. You get into next week, it'll be full-on game week for everybody. So Jamboree's in the public school round this week. Week one games next week. So there you go. Over on the uh, live comments thread on YouTube, Blind Squirrel Sports says, Matt, you ain't wrong. The real Escambia County is in the panhandle. Yeah, I remember that because obviously Emmett Smith went there. And like I say, my college teammate, Kevin Sluter, he went there and he would always tell us stories about Escambia, Escambia County, about Emmett Smith, all those kinds of things. So that would be the reason that I know about it. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's hour one. It's in the books. Hour two around the corner. We'll start off hour two conversation with a former teammate of mine who played on the offensive line and kind of kick around some of these questions again about the difficulty of going from air raid to run game and what that might entail for somebody who plays on the offensive front. That's coming up in hour two. Stick around. 